Tumble last week. Instagram? Instagram? More like Looney Binstagram still. We try to keep it real there. It's a newer page. We just passed a thousand followers. Wish you could see me smiling right now. Thank you to all you sweet humble ass freaks out there for joining the party online. My girlfriend's like, do a giveaway. We'll see. Thanks for tuning in for episode 158 of these quick local stories at a Humboldt County, California, beautiful place, which is so much more than a cannabis capital. HumboldtLastWeek.com is the place for streaming this show and discovering real music. Also, don't forget to save us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify and all that jazz. My name is Miles Cochran. Hi, I'm your host, radio personality and journalist by trade. Humboldt Last Week is free thanks to these amazing locals. That would be Brick and Fire Bistro in Eureka, also serving delicious lunches Monday through Friday. The menu entices before we arrive at brickandfirebistro.com. Bongo Boy Studio, get in there and record something special. Pro recording, mixing, and mastering all at an affordable rate. Serving Humboldt for 18 years, get in touch via bongoboystudio.com. NCJ, the latest edition of the North Coast Journal is on newsstands now. Pick it up for award-winning in-depth reporting. Plus, the journal has reviews, listings, and details to help us plan our weeks. Keep up with the latest at northcoastjournal.com. Photography by Shy. She captures those stunning portraits. If you mentioned Humboldt last week and you reach out to her, you can get a discount. Reach out, discuss options, check on rates. Her name is spelled S-H-I. Portfolios, pricing, and contact info at photographybyshy.com. NHS. Plan ahead for your upcoming cultivation season by visiting North Coast Horticulture Supply. Their team of experts provide lab testing, fertilizer delivery, and more. Set yourself up for success in 2020 by visiting one of their local locations or nhs-hydroponics.com. Trinidad Vacation Rental, a luxurious place to stay right on the ocean with amazing views, a hot tub, fine dining within walking distance, and it's right by Trinidad. Perfect for that romantic getaway, vacation, or staycation book at trinidadcaliforniarental.com. North Coast Co-op. North Coast Co-op is your local, member-owned, full-service natural food store where everyone is welcome. North Coast Co-op, located in Arcata and Eureka. Bell Star. Celebrate a new year with a new look. Make Bell Star Women's Clothing Store at 405 2nd Street, Eureka's Old Town, your first stop when refreshing your wardrobe for 2020. That helpful sales staff there enjoys putting together new looks, filling in gaps in your wardrobe, or finding the perfect outfit for work, play, or a special event. Bell Star, clothes that fit your life. Humboldt, last week. Well, uh, let's jump into the stories, huh? The old Bayshore Mall is in the news, my home for pretzel dogs. I digress. At the Bayshore Mall, Sears is gone, Master Cuts is gone, and now Pier 1 is on the way out. 450 Pier 1 import stores closing nationwide. That one in Eureka is Pier 1 of them. This really sucks for the employees, though. Hope they can find something fast. And I really wonder what's going to happen to those vacant storefronts at the mall. A lot of votes out there for Home Depot and Trader Joe's per usual, right? But I don't know. What would you like to see? Humboldt's main Sarah with a voice for the era, right? Sarah Bareilles has been 
all up in those Grammy shenanigans. Hopefully by the time you hear this, she's won her first ever Grammy after eight nominations. Always a Grammy bridesmaid, never a Grammy bride yet, but we'll see. Uh, That would be for Best American Roots Performance, the song Saint Honesty. The Eureka Export was also recently in a nice BBC article talking about the start of her musical Waitress on West End in London. Classing it up in London. She's pretty much a big deal. Humboldt misses you big time, Sarah B. In Arcata, cops believe a couple of white dudes in a black V-dub Jetta fired multiple shots at another moving vehicle. That's sucky. Thankfully, nobody was hurt. If you know more about that, the sheriff would want to talk to you. Sheriff's tip line is your friend. Well, it was supposed to be a possible eight-week trial, but instead the results were plea deals for four out of these five suspects. Story goes, a few years ago, this guy was tricked into being carjacked in the middle of the night and on a roadside in Manila, shot to death. Child molestation was a reported motive for that killing, an allegation that was investigated but never charged. Rhonda Parker reports these four criminals have sentences ranging from four to 27 years. Another one of these five may go to trial. I'll keep you in the loop about that. Well, maybe last week you heard about this recent prison killing down at Corcoran State Prison. It's orchestrated by a guy who murdered a Humboldtian back in 2008. Bummer. The AP reports at this prison north of Bakersfield, 41-year-old Jonathan Watson used a cane to bash these guys' heads in, killing one quickly. And the update is the other prisoner died after a time in critical condition. Both deceased prisoners were serving time for molesting kids. In 2008 in Eureka, during a weed ripoff, the perpetrator of this recent prison attack, again Jonathan Watson, reportedly killed 27-year-old Garrett Benson of Cutton, a UPS driver and former National Guardsman. Well, as you know, Humboldt recently said, get out of here, to a big company in New York that wanted to put in massive wind turbines near Scotia and Rio Del. A lot of opponents of that project said, what about that offshore wind project? Let's do that one. Well, that one is not going to be a cakewalk or an easy windfall, if you will. I've been chatting with folks about this a little bit, and a report by Ryan Burns further demonstrated obstacles like impacts to the fishing industry for offshore wind, impacts to birds and marine life. That all could make this thing just as tough to be approved when it comes to anti-development and anti-big business types. But proponents say, hey, we need alternative energy yesterday. It's going to boost the economy and this could be a big draw for tourists and researchers. Some hope to have offshore energy in Humboldt by the end of 2025. We'll see. Well, all right, I'm your Humboldt Last Week host, Miles Cochran, but right now I'm going to kick it over to my buddy, Andrew Getz. He is a sports reporter. Check out his podcast, Humboldt Sports Talk, but here he's doing some local news along with local sports. There's one local sports story he's going to cover. Let's hear. The mayor of Flavortown, Guy Fieri, turned the big 5-2 last week in celebration of Ferndale's own favorite son. Here are some facts supplied by the interweb. As a non-Humboldt County native, I had no idea that he had changed his name from Guy Ferry to Guy Fieri, but I guess there is some star quality flourish to his stage name. 
All right, all right, all right. Did you know Matthew McConaughey actually spoke at his Hollywood Walk of Fame ceremony back in 2019? Well, that he began his culinary adventure at the age of 10 with his own soft pretzel cart. The birthday media bonanza also cited his excellent work with charities. Happy birthday, Mayor of Flavortown. I don't know if anybody saw this news about the city of Eureka submitting an application for HGTV's new show, Hometown Makeover. It's a husband and wife team, Ben and Aaron Napier. They have a show right now called Hometown, which goes around restoring historic houses throughout the country. They were requesting applications for communities with less than 40,000 residents, but communities with unique, passionate local communities, historic buildings, and Eureka Old Town has that in spades. It'll be interesting to see if this uh, light will be shined on the city of Eureka. Look for HGTV's hometown takeover slated to air in 2021. Well, Humboldt State's football program is gone, but not forgotten. And what about Jaquan Gardner, the all-American running back? Now he's with the XFL. I don't know if how many people remember this league. Jaquan Gardner got picked up by the Seattle Dragons. And I had a chance to chat with him last week. He is so excited about this opportunity to continue his professional dreams coming off of a shoulder surgery. Expect big things from the former Humboldt State running back Jaquan Gardner as the season kicks off Saturday, February 8th for the Seattle Dragons at the XFL. Has anyone watched this Virgin River show on Netflix it uh, paints the picture of Humboldt County in a very interesting light, much different, of course, than Murder Mountain, much more in the vein of those Hallmark movies, Love Connection, with you know a couple local area you know names tossed in there, talking about growers camps and you know there's there's all this love connection behind the redwood curtain happening. If this is your cup of tea, if you enjoy those Hallmark movies, but you're looking for a Hallmark movie with a little bit of a Humboldt angle, maybe you should check out the show Virgin River on Netflix, available now. Well, I don't know how many of you remember this story from back in October of 2017 of a 19-year-old Dinsmore man who shot and killed his former foster father. That story has taken a turn as Dwayne Dean Gillespie has pled guilty to murder and will be sentenced to 18 years to life in state prison. A tough ending to a very, very sad story of the murder of a Dinsmore man. Much appreciation for Andrew Getz, also the host of Humboldt Sports Talk, chipping in some stories on Humboldt last week. Well, again, I'm your host, Miles Cochran, and real quick before we hop into this interview with Eureka's police chief, we're going to talk about that cover story that he was a part of in the North Coast Journal. Uh, let's thank the partners that make this possible. Brick and Fire Bistro in Eureka, Bongo Boy Recording Studio in McKinleyville, the North Coast Journal, Photography by Shy, North Coast Horticulture Supply with three locations in Humboldt, Trinidad Vacation Rental, Bell Star Clothing in Old Town Eureka, and the North Coast Co-op in Arcata and Eureka. Let's press play on that interview. This is a cover story in the North Coast Journal right now on uh, the phone with Eureka Police Chief Steve Watson. Uh, back in 2014, a Eureka police officer was off the clock at a party, buzzed or drunk, and the department believes he repeatedly groped another officer's wife and was harassing another woman. I think creeper was a word that was used by a witness. Anyway, this cop was fired and an independent personnel board reinforced that firing. Steve, 
I know this was back in the Andy Mills days, but you've been talking about this saying, hey, it's unfortunate this guy was on our force, but at the same time, this firing shows we hold officers accountable. Can you expand on that a little bit? Yeah, that's exactly right, Miles. Um, you know, it, it, it's never fun uh, to see incidences like this um, portrayed publicly and in the media, and certainly not something that we enjoy seeing, uh, you know, a badge that we hold in the highest regard uh, and everything that it stands for with duty and honor um, prominently displayed in an article that, that describes it as tarnished. But and it's important to remember these were the actions of an individual. And when they were brought to the Eureka Police Department's attention, our leadership took decisive action to conduct a, a full uh, and impartial investigation. And the results of that investigation were numerous sustained findings of misconduct and policy violations, as well as possible criminal violations. So a dual investigation was conducted, both an internal administrative investigation and a criminal investigation. And that criminal investigation was forwarded to the Humboldt County District Attorney's Office for review. Um, it's important for the listeners to understand that the burden of proof between these two types of investigations are very different. For an administrative investigation, it's the preponderance of the evidence um, versus with a criminal investigation, it's proof beyond a reasonable doubt. So that's certainly one factor that goes into decisions whether or not to prosecute an individual in these situations, as well as the desire of the victims, because really it's about, about them and their wishes. And in this case, they didn't want to, um, I think, have to go through you know, a trial and and, uh, and all that comes with the prosecution in this case. Um, so the officer was held accountable. Uh, the officer was terminated from his employment based on the sustained findings. He chose to appeal this, which was his right to do through a personnel board process. And the personnel board upheld the termination and the findings of the investigation. And he is no longer a member of the Eureka Police Department and is going to be unable to uh, to ever work as a police officer again, at least in the state of California. So you're the head of this department here in Eureka. You've got a large force, you know, and I'm sure you've been at a party or two yourself. What do you tell your officers whenever they're out there, even off the clock? What do you tell them? Well, you know, we just hired uh, five academy graduates that we sponsored through the Basic Police Academy at the College of the Redwoods, a fantastic group, and I took them all out to lunch. Uh, a business lunch with our field training sergeant, um, their first on the job. And this is one of those conversations that we had where I laid out the expectations and values of the Eureka Police Department under my leadership and my leadership team. And we discussed in depth how their conduct matters both or not only on duty but off duty as well um, because of what they represent and the special relationship and positions of authority that we have within our community as a police officer. And so um, that is something we do continually message. And, um, you know, we're held to a higher standard. That's what the community expects. Um, that's part of uh, the authority that we derive, we, we derive from from the consent of the citizens that we serve, and you know we enter into an agreement when they give us the authority to essentially uh, take away individuals' freedoms through our, our the arrest process, and but they expect us to hold ourselves accountable and uh, to police with integrity and fairness and impartiality, and so um, that's just an important message to continue um, making sure that everyone understands and our local law enforcement agencies. And you want people to be able to trust your force. You know, what's your greatest challenge that you face whenever it comes to maintaining a force people can trust? Well, you know, it's it, it, 
what I keep repeating over and over again is the public's trust is our lifeblood, and it has to be earned and maintained every single day. And it's not something you just do once and you're good for a year. It literally is a daily, continuous thing. And uh, every contact that we have with an individual is a new opportunity to give them a fresh experience either positive or negative, not only about the, the officers involved and the Eureka Police Department, which they represent, but also the institution of policing as a whole, and so that we should take advantage of those opportunities to continually reinforce that trust. And I think there's a, a, a resonating message to this particular event. This is five years old. And I was a captain at the time, but not directly involved in the investigation. And the former chief, Andy Mills, uh, to his credit, dealt with it decisively. But this, res this message that I think is the most important thing to take out of this story is that um, we hold ourselves accountable. Um, this was something that, uh, as it says in the article, maybe elsewhere could have been swept under the rug or handled much more informally, but it was taken very seriously. We launched an internal investigation and conducted a very thorough and complete investigation and then took appropriate action. And um, this isn't the first and only time this has happened. This happens uh, in all agencies uh, from time to time because you're dealing with human beings and people make mistakes. And um, they're not all like this. This is a relatively rare occurrence. Um, but when serious misconduct is brought to light, we have an obligation to investigate it and to take appropriate action. And it was done in this case. I think there's no question about that. And so I just hope the public understands this one-off, this this misconduct by an individual five years ago doesn't represent who we are and what we stand for. And in those rare uh, occurrences when serious misconduct is brought light and found to be sustained, uh, we take it very seriously and, and take um, appropriate action within uh, the bounds of the law and, and department policy. And we hold ourselves and each other accountable. And that kind of reminds me of what I was going to ask you next, which is, you know, we have these new laws making these formerly private personnel records public now. And so, you know, I was going to ask, do you, do you expect a trickle of these stories coming out now that these are, you know, you could get a public records request, get these out. Do you expect to see any more of these from EPD? Well, we had one um, a couple months back now involving another officer that was um, suspended for an entire month. And rehired down south, right? Yeah, lying, somehow rehired, which is a mystery. Uh, that was something we discovered internally. It wasn't via a citizen complaint, ultimately. And uh, we dealt with it decisively after a thorough uh, and impartial investigation, sustained the highest level of discipline that the totality of the circumstances would warrant based on a conference with outside legal expert and um, held that officer accountable. He ultimately chose shortly before the personnel board to resign and take employment elsewhere. Um, but we did our job. Um, and those cases aren't fun, again, um, but they're necessary because uh, we have to hold ourselves accountable. And it's essential to the public's trust in us. But we have to do it in a way also that is fair uh, and balanced with you know, our officers as well, because they are asked to do a very difficult job and make split-second decisions under tense, uncertain, and often very dangerous circumstances. You know, and they make mistakes. They're prone to the same, um, you know, human errors that we all are. But again, um, when it goes beyond a simple mistake to serious misconduct, there has to be a reckoning for that. 
you know, you'd mentioned that it's rare when this happens, but you do take care of it decisively, quickly. Like you said, promptly, you fired this person. You also let go of that other officer. Um, I wanted to talk about just the way that this is portrayed in the public. You know, there was a study a couple years ago at a Columbia University, and it showed well over half of the people on social media share articles without even clicking them. In other words, most people are only taking in the headline, the image, and the little blurb that goes with that. Um, what does that mean to you as you're being reported on out there? You know, it's really unfortunate that they only take a surface level look um, and don't take a deeper dive into the facts of each of these circumstances or the context. And, and let's be real, often the events that are reported in the national media, at least, uh, they have a spin on it. Uh, the, the story's already been decided. And, um, you know, they're they're not always a fair and impartial analysis of events, there seems to be a, often a spin um, over the last few years, at least, where this this narrative out there is that cops are rogue and dishonest and violent murderers, and they'll key in on a few events. And admittedly, some of those we got it wrong. Uh, others are certainly, arguably, um, could go either way. And many of them, the officers are also ultimately found to have not um, violated the law or policy. But they take these few events and those make the headlines <clears throat> while the literally hundreds of thousands of positive interactions and things that are done are not portrayed or not given equal treatment in the media. And so right, yeah. people click on these headlines, they tend to, I think, lump officers into you know one group um, when the truth is we have around 900,000 officers in the country and they have millions and millions of interactions with the public every year. And many of those are very tense and dangerous. Only a small percentage result in significant uses of force or shootings and, and, and a very small portion of those it turns out that there was wrongdoing, criminal or otherwise, by the officers. The great majority of interactions are safely resolved. And again, there are, are so many stories out there where officers have selflessly given to others, um, have been unsung quiet heroes, have treated people with compassion and kindness, has saved lives and made a difference in lives. And I think it's important to be fair that people understand that. You know, when it comes to Humboldt last week, I often want to put out a headline that'll bring people in to learn something important about their community. And that's a challenge sometimes, you know. But on the other hand, at my other job, I represent this large, invisible organization, too. And it's hard when the social media version, you know, the stuff that most people will take in isn't really the meat of the story. So I guess what I'm saying is, like, read the article, people. I could not agree more. Uh, you know, don't just uh, to lap up the information that's being given and, you know, take it at face value. Um, take a deep look at it and, and put some serious thought into it, then draw your own conclusions. Sure. And, you know, there is good messaging in this article. You know, let's call people out and they're acting a fool. You know, know that you have consent. There's really positive things out of this. Yeah, I, I agree. And I do think that um, the the author wrote a overall uh, affair uh, or story on this and pulled out some of the real key points, which again include that this wasn't swept under the rug. It's something that was taken very seriously, investigated thoroughly, and dealt with decisively, uh, just the way the media would expect. And we're more invested in doing that than anyone. Um, uh, we hate when once an individual um, misrepresents 
with the badge and being a police officer is all about and engages in misconduct and, and tarnishes the reputation of all of us. We are invested in weeding those kind of individuals out and, again, holding each other accountable because we take great pride in what we do and what the symbol of the badge means uh, to the community and our relationship with the community. I mean, we can't do this alone. We need each other. And we're of the people, we're for the people, we're members of the community. You know, we care about our community. We need our community just as much as they need us. And you had mentioned, you know, national headlines um, in relation to, uh, you know, how people view police. And, you know, the 49ers, they're about to play in a Super Bowl. You know, the last time that happened, Colin Kaepernick was at the helm. This is a guy who was out there talking about racial injustice. Um, He's still getting a lot of attention. Do you think that his movement or anything that he's done has impacted Eureka police in any way? Um, I don't think any any more so than just the negative national narrative that's out there. And I do believe that we are fortunate in Eureka um, to enjoy a great deal of, of support and understanding from our community. Now, that is a happenstance. That's not by accident. We, you know, we've tried to do our part uh, to, to build relationships and partnerships with our community and to be visible and present out there to own our mistakes because uh, we do make them uh, to do better next time and to continually move forward. And I, and I feel very, very fortunate about that. And for all those listening that do support their local law enforcement, it truly means more than you can know, especially in the current climate. Um, we're having a, a crisis nationally in law enforcement with recruiting officers and dispatchers. And there's a number of factors involved in that. But certainly um, part of it is that that again, that negative national narrative and um, people portraying officers is not trustworthy anymore. You know, people look at that and go, why should I go into this career? It used to be a career where people were held in high regard for their service. And um, at least on the surface, uh, with some of these articles and this narrative out there that, that they kind of flip the script some and there's, you know, an increasing viewpoint where it's not as honorable and respected of a, pro- a profession among some. But I think if you look at the heart of your communities, people still, you know, uh, love their, their police officers and dispatchers, support them, um, you know, and want want good people in this profession and we need good people in this profession and I still feel it's a fantastic calling. It's not a day that goes by where I don't feel that I'm I'm living a life that has purpose and meaning. Uh, Can't change the whole world. I learned that about the first day on the street Mm. Um, but you can change lives one life at a time and make a difference and I've never regretted embarking on this career over 22 years ago. And when I retire someday, I'll be very proud of what we've accomplished together. And uh, I can rest easy in my retirement then. Right on. Well, um, I really appreciate your time. That is Eureka Police Chief Steve Watson. Who do you have in the Super Bowl? Um, 49ers all the way. You had me excited as soon as you put them up. <laughs> well, uh, I've got the Chiefs. So do you want to do a friendly bet? <laughs> all right. What? Uh, what do you want to do? I don't know. I would say a $5 bet, but I don't want you sending officers over here. So <laughs> <laughs> I think we can weather 5 bucks. Okay, Maybe uh, coffee on the loser. Okay, that sounds great. Hey, I want to thank you so much for tuning in to episode 158. If you like Humboldt last week, please take the time to leave a review somewhere, whether that's on the Apple Podcasts app, a social media comment, a message. All that stuff is super appreciated. 
This programming happens with help from community partners. That's Brick and Fire's Delicious Bistro in Eureka. North Coast Horticulture Supply helping us have fun in the garden. Bongo Boys High-End Recording Studio in McKinleyville. Bell Star Clothing in Eureka and Arcata with clothes that fit your life. The voted best North Coast co-op in Arcata and Eureka. The award-winning North Coast Journal. Photography by Shy with amazing portraits. And TrinidadCaliforniaRental.com with those awesome ocean views. Links to all of them at HumboldtLastWeek.com. Hey, thanks again for being here. My name is Miles Cochran. You can enjoy this show and music selections anytime at HumboldtLastWeek.com. Check out those music selections. Also, you can listen via Redheaded Black Belt. It's KimKemp.com. Also, North Coast Journal's homepage, NorthCoastJournal.com. And 99.1 KISS FM on Mondays throughout the day, doing that terrestrial radio thing, too. Please share some kindness. I'll talk to you soon. Bye. Humboldt last week.